What's up, IBT family? Tonight, we are exploring the Week 5 Fantasy Football Waiver Wire to find you those hidden gems that could be yours for nothing more than a bag of chips. We have all this and so much more on the program tonight, so sit back, enjoy the show, and don't forget to show your support by subscribing to the channel. Let's jump in. Cause I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check a style line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away, with the jet sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves, like AC never replay, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law, with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is October 3rd, 2023. The In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast is back with you, closing the door on week four as we begin a new chapter of the fantasy football and just the yearly season as well. I am Seth Wilcock. I am your host tonight. I am joined by a man who I am thinking once rocked Heelys back in his day because he always looks so damn cool. He's Eric Romoff, a.k.a. Tex, a.k.a. Summertime Eric. What's up, Eric? Man, I'm going to show my age a little bit. Heelys were kind of lame when they first came out, so you best believe I was rocking some Heelys because... I, I like I like just cruising down the hallway. They got a uh, they got banned at pretty much every school in uh, in my neighborhood growing up. But they uh, they've made a comeback, man. They they kind of disappeared there for a minute. Now they're now they they seem to be hot again. And now officially, as of yesterday, we're on to week five. I have no idea how we're more yes. than a month into the season. It's wild, dude. I yeah, I can't believe we are here. And I will tell you what, week four was just like. I was captivated from Thursday night all the way to Monday night football. I thought it was a great weekend of football. Um, I got to tell you this quick story before we get into it tonight. We are jam-packed on the program once again. Um, But I was feeling the sweat last night, my friend. Down 40 to my brother in my league record. I had DK Metcalf and that sweet, sweet, sweet Seattle Seahawks defense and special teams. And so Katie goes to bed at about halftime. I'm still probably down, you know, 20, 25 points at this point. It's not looking good. And all of a sudden, man, Daniel Jones, one, two, three, 11 sacks, pick six. Uh, I win by a couple points, man. And I, I haven't been on the, the, the side of that too many times in the last year or two. So that one felt really, really sweet here in week four. Oh, man. I was on the exact opposite side of that variance. <laughs> I had three different L's that I caught because I was facing the Seattle defense. One of them, I had an 18-point lead and DK Metcalf, and because we have bonuses, still still managed to uh, to grasp defeat from the hands of victory. So the uh, the Seattle defense definitely kicked me squaw in the ass this week. 
Well, I'm sorry my fortune could not be your fortune as well, Eric, but we are fortunate to be here tonight on the program. We are jam-packed. We have some Would You Rather Week 4 winners and losers. We're going to talk some October-related things as well from the forum, answering your questions here in the chat as well as over on fantasyfootballadvice.com. And then in the scope, hidden gems of the Week 5 waiver wire. I'm excited to chat about you with that. Um, let, let's see who else do we have here? We got Albert in the chat, some more of our IBT Albert. family, Albert, we appreciate you and everyone else tuning in tonight. Uh, always great to see so many, uh, familiar faces, new faces in the chat keeps us going, keeps us, uh, keeps us laughing along the way. And we are also joined by the master of controls and a Mariners fan in morning currently, uh, Kyle Scott, audio producer, Kyle, how are we doing back there in producer alley? Uh, well, producer Allie is doing fantastic, but out in Mariners land, it's not doing too well, but Seahawks land is doing hot. Tell you that much. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Seattle, baby. We're on the come up. Um, let's go ahead guys. Let's go ahead and get into it. Cause we're going to bring Kyle in for, would you rather? And I would just got to say, Eric, like this is my favorite time of the year. I feel like we're finally like past that, like eagerness and like some of the anxiety that comes with the beginning of the fantasy football season. We're settling into a routine a little bit. Fall is just starting to rip around here. We're starting to get a little bit of color. So um, how do you feel? Are, are you big fall guy? Are you big a week four, week four to week seven guy like I am? Man, I, I love this part of the, the fantasy season for sure. Cause like this is the point where I feel like I've got a really good handle on my teams on the the quality or lack yeah. thereof of the players on my roster. And this, this really is a point where I, I tend to start to hit a stride, right? Like I I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, I'm kind of a cold opener, right? Most of my fantasy yeah. leagues, actually specifically this year, all of my fantasy leagues, I'm either one and three or two and two. I've got an O and four out there as well. Right. But usually around this time of year is where I really start to get some momentum going in terms of the season of fall. That's actually a false premise in the state of Texas. We have about 12 hours of fall in between blistering heat, and it gets really cold for like three weeks. So I love the idea of fall, mainly because I'm deprived of that from where I live. Ooh, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope Didi out in California gets a little bit of fall. Uh, what's up, Didi? Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Uh, let's go ahead and go, guys. Let's talk a little more, bit more about this time of year, this time of the fantasy football season, and a game of Would You Rather. Changed it up. Would you rather in the front of the show this week for a little bit of fun? Kyle, how you feeling? We're leading off with you tonight. You're not in the the eight nine slot tonight. You're uh, you're leading off hitting dingers. Yeah, I'm getting on base tonight, baby. Would you rather start the show off with Would You Rather or end <laughs> it with Would You Rather? There we go. There we go. What do we got on deck for tonight, my friend? All right, we got a lot on deck. We're gonna have a lot of fun, so let's just jump into it. So the first question, would you rather roster Christian McCaffrey or Justin Jefferson rest of season? Little CMC or JJ? 
Oh, man. I- I'll tell you what, Eric. I think I was actually the one person. I wasn't dra- I-, I didn't have any first overall picks this year, so I didn't have the opportunity to select Justin Jefferson over CMC. But I think there was a case out there that he could have been the number one player off the board. With that being said, we're a couple weeks into this right now. CMC averaging just over 30 points per game in PPR formats. Jay Jettis right in that 26 range. Um, however, he's just been super consistent. No performance worse than 24 points. No better than uh, 28.9. So so where do you lead here? Because uh, I think I know where I'm going. Yeah, look, these these two guys were the first players off the board at their respective position by consensus. So uh, nobody is actually making this decision unless you're in, uh, you know, you're talking about a dynasty context. But for for me, it's it's absolutely Justin Jefferson. If for nothing else, Christian McCaffrey has a has a bit of an injury history behind him. I don't know if anyone's aware of this. This is actually, you know, one of the longest stretches of games that we've seen him go and stay healthy, which, you know, granted, you can make that argument for a lot of players. The thing that I'm, I'm I'm puzzled by is we're four games in, and they've already given him 97 touches. He's on pace for over 400 touches. I just I don't think that Christian McCaffrey's you know uh, previously injured frame can hold up to that. Also, this zone running scheme has a history of really taking a toll on running backs. So, look if if they're going to continue to use him this way, it's it's going to be great while he's out there but i just i don't think that he can sustain 17 weeks playing at this volume so i'll go with what i think is the safer bet in jay jetta yeah it might be safer you might be right but i think cmc might be a little bit more fun i think we're going to get some more explosion games you know the 30 burgers the 40 burgers i think those are more in cmc's uh category this season and I just think in general, like th- there's a bigger gap from Christian McCaffrey and every other running back this season than there is Justin Jefferson and every other receiver, in my opinion. Like I think Tyreek Hill is right there with them a- a- and not too far away. I- a little, I mean, he's obviously older too, but Keenan Allen, I-, I think he could be a top five wide receiver the rest of the season as well. And like, I just think the gap between, I'd say, Christian to, to Bijan is still bigger that- than CMC to Tyreek, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair, right? Um, I'm just I'm hyper concerned about the the way that they're utilizing him and how that is how that plays out over the course of a, a full complement of games, right? Where, yeah. you know, I mean, to to your point about the upside, there was a, about a month long stretch down the the end of the the season last year where you were getting those ceiling games from from Justin Jefferson, right? So, um, look, I mean, like you're you're going to split hairs when you're talking about the best players at each of their respective positions. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, the, there are so many teams, including the San Francisco 49ers in real life football, who are going to have their hopes dashed if Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, ultimately comes up lame because they're giving him so much work. Okay. All right. Kyle, you got any CMC, you got any J-Jet on any of your teams? Unfortunately, I don't. But I guess, fortunately, I didn't have the opportunity to draft that high. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I will say I, I'm actually in two leagues with you. I have CMC in the one. I have Justin Jefferson in the other. So <laughs> maybe that's on me. Uh, apologies. Uh, what else do we have on deck here, man? All right. So would you guys rather roster a top five ranked quarterback or a top five ranked tight end? Eric, what are you thinking? So I'm actually I'm probably gonna 
I'm probably going to use Seth's argument against him in, in this one. He was talking about, um, you know, uh, wins or scoring above replacement when, uh, when, yeah. when going with CMC. And that's, that's how I would make this decision here, right? Like you talk about the top five guys that are rest of season for the quarterback side, guys like Hertz, Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar, right? Their, their projected remaining fantasy points are, you know, a negligible amount relative to the 12th quarterback in rest of uh, rest of season rankings, right? So you're talking about guys that are going to have a median remaining score of about 270 points, whereas yeah. number 12 is at 225, right? Whereas you flip it over to the tight end side, you're talking about a 70-point difference, right? A- about 175 points across those top five, right? <laughs> barely cracking 100 down at tight end 12 right so tight end is is and will continue to be a super top heavy position and so i'll i'll take the premium scoring and and go with the tight end side here yeah i i'm with you there man and like i know we haven't seen the ceiling for travis kelsey but it is coming he's averaging 14.8 points per game right now that's behind only mark andrews uh, next up on the schedule for them, though, guys, Minnesota, Denver, the Chargers, Denver, Miami. Like, holy fuck, this is going to get insane. You are going to get what you drafted Travis Kelsey to be here very soon. And I, I think it's just like you said, man, like Travis Kelsey to anyone outside the top five at tight end, e- even to anyone else inside the top five, of the tight end is a huge difference Like between mm-hmm. like. Anthony Richardson, to me, he, he's not ranked here on Fantasy Pros top five rest of the season, but dude is averaging almost 23 points per game, missed three quarters of one game as well. Like, I will take him, please and thank you, and, and be very, very happy about it. Yeah, that's that's just it, right? Like, the, the quarterback position is is so commoditized. So uh, someone we, we talked about on the Friday show, Joe Burrow outside of that top five, right? Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Tua technically is outside of that, right? So like, there you can get you know sort of comparable production, uh, you know, not you know, with with guys that aren't in that top five at at quarterback and tight end. I mean, after you get past three or four, arguably, it's it's just a complete yeah. wasteland. I I just want to say too, like, thank you, Anthony Richardson, for. for bringing me along for this ride this has been so fun that game i was sweating a little bit at halftime and that second half going into overtime that was so much fun that was one of the most fun i've had watching football in such a long time this guy's electric i'm happy about it um kyle you know what else i'm happy about as well that it is fall i think we have some fall themed questions in here uh let's get some of those yeah we do have some fall questions getting a little off the fantasy into a different type of fantasy, you could say. Uh, which new Halloween-themed movie or series would you rather stream? So we have three available. We have Totally Killer. When the infamous Sweet 16 killer returns 35 years after his first murder spree to claim another victim, 17-year-old Jamie accidentally travels back in time to 1987, determined to stop the killer okay. before he can start a little time travel okay okay can, right. can we just talk about how kyle subtly subtly did some some victim blaming to jamie in that read so <laughs> jamie what are you up to uh, jamie i, I saw a <laughs> comment i thought there was gonna it was gonna be different <laughs> uh, or, shout out uh, jamie we love you shout out jamie 
the second one we have is Pet Cemetery, the new one. Uh, so it's based on a Stephen King novel, of course. Dr. Lewis Creed and his wife Rachel relocate from Boston to rural Maine, of course, with their two young children. Always the couple Maine. soon discover a mysterious burial ground hidden deep in the woods near their new home. And finally, Goosebumps. A teenager teams up with the daughter of young adult horror author R.L. Stein after the writer's imaginary demons are set free on the town of Madison, Delaware. Okay. Also based on books. Yes. I I will say right now, the answer for me is clear. Uh, If you guys haven't seen the new promo for this Goosebumps, Justin Long is in it. He's kind of one of the adults in it. Justin and Kyle's (laughs) laughing. This is like the thing. Justin Long gets no fucking respect. Justin Long is a damn good actor. I think I've talked about this on this very show before, so I apologize. But accepted. She's just not that into you. Dodgeball, new girl. Like, this dude does everything. So give me the goosebumps. It's not really close for me. Disney and Hulu, like, multiple networks you can watch this on. And, like, you can also watch it with kids. But they might have nightmares, but still lit. So I, I'm goosebumps. Eric, yourself? Man, I've, I've got a similar argument. Um, I'll, I'll kind of go in, in the inverse order of, of yours. Um, I am the parent to two very creepy kids. They love <laughs> all the spookies. They love all the cryptids. Nice. Like, we're listening to scary podcasts all the time. They're always, like, pushing the line on, like, scary movies that are clearly inappropriate for a five-year-old but we just we just send it anyways right Hell so yeah. like them being able to watch this big points in my book the cast is stellar justin long but also there were some dark days in the goosebumps franchise and really the only beacon of light and hope therein was jack black being associated with these reboot movies he is in this new movie so points there and also like like you mentioned off the top kyle this was a fantastic book series back in the day these were books that that raised me right return of the mummy welcome to dead house like there was there was a point where like the school book fair would would burn through my elementary school (laughs) and these things were flying off the shelf right so like (laughs) i've definitely read plenty of goosebumps and for it to go full circle and be something i can enjoy with my kiddos now just too good to pass up Oh yeah, Eric's out there slinging. He, Eric's out there buying out all the Goosebump books and uh, double charging kids. That, go- that Goosebumps <laughs> aftermarket, woo! <laughs> Come on, Kyle, you are a movie savant. What is your your take on this? Uh, so I mean, unlike you guys, unlike a lot of people, I didn't really read Goosebumps as a kid. Okay, I was a little bit of a baby. Uh, but. You know what? I'll tell you what I did do as a lot as a kid. Listen to Pet Cemetery by the Ramones, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, not a big. Uh, you read Stephen King at all? No. Okay. Fair enough. You, you got the Ramones though. Uh, what other What other questions we have here tonight, Kyle? All right. So back to fantasy. Would you rather have Devon a chain? Jonathan Taylor or Ramondre Stevenson rest the season. Wow. This is a real look yourself in the fucking mirror right now. And I don't know how I feel about it. Like Devon, a Chan is almost averaging 27 points per game. That is absurd. 
and, but he's always going to split touches. Like that's the thing. He's always going to be splitting touches in some shape, shape or, or form had just 11 this last week. And I'm worried that that floor does bottom out for a chain at some point jets, dolphins, Baltimore to end the season schedule for him. Meanwhile, like, I mean, Zach Moss is averaging 22 carries per game in this in this Colts offense. I think behind that line with Anthony Richardson, Shane Steichen scheme, I think he could be a league winner if he gets back. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Vegas to end the season. That's a pretty decent schedule. Um, I, I think I'm going JT here. Uh, Eric, if you want to kind of go over your your take on this and also how you're just feeling about JT in general and uh, what listeners can maybe do with some of the news we have floating around. Yeah, so of the three, uh, here I am being like weird conservative guy again. Um, I would probably go with Ramondre Stevenson. Um, he's he's the easiest to project out of the three, right? Like the the, the backfield and, and the role that we drafted him to have is still very much so his, right? Like last year when he was running back, 10 on points per game he got 210 rush attempts he called in a very nice 69 receptions this year he is on pace for more volume in both of those categories right so like the thing that we we drafted him for was that volume was that steady contribution and he's getting it he's just not finding the end zone yet and because of that you can get him out of value he's definitely a buy low target for me but also that that volume is just so much easier to project week over week a chain, a Chan, excuse me. We actually talked about this on Friday's show and <laughs> yeah. completely butchered it. He has come out and asked to be uh, rather clarified the pronunciation as a Chan. Look, he's he's going to get like ten to twelve, maybe thirteen touches a week, and it's going to be one of those like pull your hair out guessing game kind of situations. Like you're going to fire him up, he'll get his twelve touches. He doesn't break any of them, and he gets you like a five spot. And then you're gonna you're gonna bench him because you're disgruntled. He's going to get the same 12 touches yeah. and he's going to go for 150 and two scores. Right? right. So like, you know, removing myself from those like hard decisions and guessing games is something that I try to do. Cause I always seem to guess wrong. Um, <laughs> and then for, for Jonathan Taylor to, you know, to your point about kind of the, the rest of season outlook, I mean, I've been an advocate that the best way for any of these running backs to improve their earning power in the immediate term is to take the field and perform well. Right. Uh, the fact that he ended up on pup was kind of a head scratcher to me, right? Like he was saying that he was healthy and they just put him on the shelf for those four weeks. So, you know, you're, you're getting kind of lukewarm reports in terms of how Jonathan Taylor's feeling. You're getting red hot reports in terms of how excited the Colts are to have him back. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, if, if he's going to be out there, like he's, he's absolutely neck and neck with Ramondre Stevenson, you know, his, his, he was a much more scoring dependent, running back in terms of his projection for this season. So, you know, seeding any of that touchdown upside to Anthony Richardson is going to hurt him more than, you know, uh, Ezekiel Elliott taking a couple of goal line carries away from Stevenson, for example. So, you know, for, for me, it's, it's Stevenson of the three, but, you know, I, I think there's a pretty, pretty clear gap between Stevenson, JT, and then, you know, more of a kind of weekly flex option in, in HN. You're just not a believer. I, you're just I, I I I can't believe what I'm hearing. I, I, Not a believer in what JT or HN? I think either. I think either. I think I think you're. Oh, you're, this this is this is not true. I'm I'm actively wiping the floor with everyone in the IBT 
guillotine league with Devon Achan right now. Yeah, yeah, it's best ball, and I don't have to guess when he's going to go off. He's he actually goes your off week and I one get the points. He was actually your week one sleeper as well, which you're just just two weeks off, but you know the, the idea was right there. And um, yeah, I, I, for me, it, I, I'm scared about Ramondre. I, I think is the biggest thing here, Eric. Six points this week, seven point two the week before. I know game strip hasn't necessarily been in their favor, uh, at least here in week four, week three. They were kind of beating down on the Jets. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm scared a little bit. I just haven't seen the efficiency. I don't like this offensive line. I don't like this offense in general. So, like, I, I, I'm trying to wait for one big game for Ramondre and get the hell out personally. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think we're a little bit um, on different corners there. Um, looks like Dee said she would go Stevenson. You guys let us know in the chat as well, whoever else is listening tonight. Let us know um, who you would rather have rest of the season. Uh, I have this question here from Anton. We'll get to this in just a couple minutes in our next segment. Um, all about answering your guys' questions in that. So if you guys have any questions, go ahead and put those in there. We'll get to those in just a little while. Kyle, what other questions uh, do we have for Would You Rather tonight, though? All right. So our next question is a doozy. Would you rather have to take a fireball shot at your college homecoming or have to host a Halloween party for X amount of hours for every transaction you make in your league of record? So basically the question here is for every transaction you make, you either have to take that amount of shots at your college homecoming or uh, have a Halloween party for that amount of hours. Man. Kyle, let's hear from you first, man. Where are you? Where would you go on this? Hosting is a bit of a, a bit of a pain in the ass. It is. It is. I. <laughs> I mean, I. No, yeah, I'll do fireball. After yeah. the first one, it's just you know, at, it at all least, goes down. At least like it, at the college homecoming, I'm blacking out on someone else's property and not my yeah. own. So like, I'm all right with that. I'm all right with blacking out at other people's properties um i just don't want a bunch of people blacking out on mine so i'm going to take the old man approach here and i'm going to black out at homecoming here er- eric your, yourself um how do you feel about it because i'm heavy on the transactions in the league of league of record like it's every single day i feel like for me yeah i mean this this question is uh is posed as though these aren't things that i'm already doing anyways right so uh, you know, in real life, I don't have to make this decision, but in the <laughs> in the confine of would you rather, it's absolutely the fireball shot, right? Like, you know, you you get one or two of those in, and you're you're basically just in blackout territory where it doesn't yeah, matter you, if you're taking good point. four or ten, good right? Point. Like, you're 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 downhill. Momentum's going to carry you. So, um, and it's also probably way more fun to go to your college homecoming with a couple of fireballs on deck, right? So. I'll, uh, I'll I'll go with the shot side. Okay. Yeah, man. I I remember the days like you just start running that fireball, and like after the first two, it t- starts tasting good, and you're just right. you're in it, you're locked in. So yeah, hell yeah. I, I think that was a bad question on my end. I think that was a bad one. I I posed there. Except Didi. Didi loves Halloween party hosts. Didi, you're a great cook and obviously probably a great host as well. So I I think that would be it. Halloween parties are just like. I feel like they're a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I love Halloween. I just don't know if I love Halloween parties. How, Kyle, how do you feel about that? I know you and I definitely attended our our fair share back in the day. I feel like a Halloween party especially requires, like, a bit of planning. And, like, everyone has to play along 
Because yeah. like everyone also needs to dress up. That's the you whole know? thing. You're kind yeah. of relying on people to dress up. Because if no one dresses up, your party sucks. You know? You all and then you also have to prepare all your party stuff. So it's yeah. You're relying more on other people to do something people might not do. Yeah. Yeah. I we're going to a Halloween party this year at one of Katie's friends and trying to figure out what to be. I'm thinking Power Ranger. I'm thinking Power Rangers. I I, I don't nice. know. I like the Power Rangers. I, I I've done like every superhero one in the book, so I, I I don't know what else to do. Guys, let me know in the chat. What should Katie and I dress up as? Like a couple's costume idea. Let us know. Um, Eric, do you have any good ideas for us other than Power Rangers? <laughs> and not now that you've asked the question, and I've just completely vacated my brain of every costume idea in the world but what i will say like on the you know on the the macro level is is don't don't worry about this being a cool costume like the more you can poke fun at yourself with your couple's costume the better right so like i'm sure the chat's going to come through and give us some absolutely fire ideas if any of them make you feel ridiculous that's probably the one you should go with because the the people are just going to go nuts when you show up dressed up as whatever bob ross or a yeah. bottle of ketchup and mustard or whatever it is. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Maybe Harry Potter and Hermione. That would be a good one too, I think, actually. I think that would be a good one. Um, we, we got Didi here saying sports and parties plus a good host. That's epic in my eyes. I love to cater to others. I, I will say, yeah, I back in college, Kyle, you know, like I loved hosting everyone for, for whatever was yeah. happening. It was always happening at our house and I think maybe I just got burned out a little bit of it, to be honest. Like, like there are certain things that I like, I, I like having parties for, and then like other things, like Super Bowl, miss me on that bullshit. I, I don't like maybe one or two close friends and my girlfriend and my cat. I don't want people yapping my ear off. I'm not trying to party. I'm trying to watch the game. That's I, maybe that's a little grinch of me. I apologize, uh, Kyle. Your thoughts. Um, your thoughts on the costumes and next question as well after that. Um, I, you're putting me on the spot on costumes. I I'll text you at some point. With okay. Some ideas, I, sure. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You got that. You got that big brain over there. Yeah. Yeah. There's always something cooking. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go back to some fantasy questions now, please. Uh, would you rather hold Jackson Smith and Jigba or Quentin Johnston through the week five bye. What are we thinking? I'm hoping JSN because I have JSN. <laughs> Eric, how do you feel about it, man? These are pretty like polarizing prospects at this Ooh. point. It, 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 I mean, who would have thought a couple weeks in it's Michael Wilson, it's Tank Dell, it's, it's Puka Nakua, the third and fourth rounders, day two wide receivers stand up and not the not the round one guys really yeah i mean look it's it's hard to project out these day two guys uh certainly to this level of of production um the the thing that's tricky about this question in particular is these were two of the round one guys that i was most concerned about from a redraft perspective jsn you know he's he's in this seattle system that largely focuses on two wide receivers, right? They run a ton of two wide receiver sets. Even when they have him out there and they have a third guy out there, the offense absolutely goes through Metcalf and then Lockett and everyone else is just kind of getting scraps, right? So like his opportunity is fairly minimized. Quentin Johnson, 
now has more opportunity with the injury to Mike Williams. But there's this little thing about his ability to play NFL receiver. He can't really catch, which you kind of have to be able to do, right? So, like, he'll be on the field more. I think logically, just because the opportunity is going to be more immediately present, I'll go with Quentin Johnson and just hope that, you know, he gets he gets the the stick I'm working on his gloves, whatever it might be. But, I mean, he's he is the, like, prototypical – body catcher and that just doesn't work in the nfl so hopefully he gets it together because he's he's going to be seeing the field a lot more than he was through the first three weeks i feel like i have to go with jsn here boys i feel like i have to i mean this is just the more talented wide receiver you know what i mean absolutely and i like i remember the guy who, who put up 300 yards in the rose bowl was better than garrett wilson at times better than chris olave at times and since the Arizona right after the bye, I think the schedule's not that bad. And then Dallas and Kansas City for Johnson, which I don't like as much. So, man, I I get that like your head is saying is saying Johnson, but I think my heart is telling me JSN. I can't I can't give up. I can't. Yeah, I mean he like you said he's he's categorically the more talented receiver, right? Um, you know, maybe maybe the argument that would kind of walk me back a little bit more is hopefully neither of these guys are guys that you're depending on week in and week out, right? They are literally holds on your bench. And so if you're talking about who has the most upside if they get the opportunity, it's clearly yeah. JSN. It's just that that opportunity is more readily apparent for, for Quentin Johnston now. All right. Kyle, let's close it out here, man. Last question before we get into from the form and answer everyone's questions. All right, this last one is fun. So, would you rather drink 15 pumpkin spice lattes or eat 75 apples in one sitting as a fantasy football punishment? Now, I will preface this. I asked a good friend of the show, IBT legend, Elliot Hicks, before, and uh, he said, I think either one would kill you. (laughs) So... Choose wisely. Oh, I don't think you're going to die. I mean, I, I think either way, you're going to have the runs for about a week. Um, <laughs> pick, pick your poison. But, boys, call me Johnny fucking Appleseed because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go with the 75 apples. I'm not a coffee guy. I don't think putting pumpkin spice in it would make it any better for me. And apples are fresh. Apples are good. And I think – you could also maybe use them in some different ways, if that makes sense. Maybe make a couple of desserts out of them, and you know, I, I I think you could do some stuff with them. So yeah, I'm 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 go I'm going apples. Lock it in, man. So I I think the 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 determining factor is what we are defining as one sitting, right? Because <laughs> if if it's in fact one sitting, you're not making a pie or a tart or a croissant <laughs> out of your apples my guy like you gotta you gotta sit here and just and just go raw into these apples and like, i don't want to raw dog that, the apples even with that being the case it's still the apples right like i don't i don't care what elliot said <laughs> i i categorically believe that your your likelihood of dying is much higher if you take 15 psls <laughs> to the dome than if you eat 75 apples that fell off of a tree right um and look i might uh i might make some enemies here in uh in in twitter land and on on youtube world you can just miss me on pumpkin spice in general like pumpkin spice is not my bag 
even before like it was pumpkin spice everything back when it was just the latte not not for me i'm not here for anything pumpkin spice holy out banned all of it do not do not put that pumpkin spice in my face i like the smell of pumpkin spice and i like pumpkin things i just necessarily don't like pumpkin spice if that makes sense like i like pumpkin things mm. i like pumpkin pie like I like the idea of pumpkin spice you just don't want yeah. to consume it <laughs> uh, pumpkin beers i can get behind a little bit as well i can I, a couple of them yeah. like one or two i can do one or two wrong. um categorically wrong kyle where, where <laughs> do you stand on this are, are are you taking 15 psls to the dome as eric uh, beautifully said so it boils down to basically how big are these apples and how big are these PSLs? Normal size, normal size each, sixteen right, ounce PSLs. Replacement, replacement level PSLs. Isn't that like <laughs> if you were to get a PSL somewhere? That, what is it? Sixteen ounces, I imagine. Is it the it's probably, smallest yeah. you can get. That's at like Starbucks? that's like a medium. That's like standard. Yeah, that's can a I medium get a kid size. Yeah, no, you're doing can fifteen. I get decaf? No. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well then, okay. yeah, dying. Okay, okay. Let's decaf. You can go decaf. Yeah, All yeah. Right. Then okay. that's probably a, a little easier. Seventy-five apples is a, you know, pardon my French. That's a fuck ton of apples. <laughs> but uh, technically like, speaking, and you can't. And I'm assuming you have to eat them all. You can't like juice them, right? You can't. Do you have to pe- can you not peel them either? Do you have to eat all the skin too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's I would imagine, like, yeah. 75 I'd... apples is just an annoying amount of apples. <laughs> I like, mean, if you they... start early enough, 15 lattes isn't that bad. <laughs> Dude, I think it would take me longer to drink the lattes. I'm going to be honest with you. I think I'd throw up after even if I, I was someone who liked lattes. I, I don't I, I don't think I don't think anyone can drink that much. Like th- there's there's dairy in that. I don't think you can. I think you have a better chance of eating 75 apples because at least it's like it's God shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, if, if you're talking about lattes, right, like that is that is predominantly whole milk, right? So you're basically yeah, like you're, you're saying, can you have like 15 milkshakes in one sitting, <laughs> right? Like, oh, then it's you're, a lot you're, easier. your guts are going to be Absolutely. in trouble with this choice. I, I would love to know if we know any like competitive eaters between a couple of us. We could actually try this out. Call up Joey Chestnut, Chestnut and the boys and see like which one is physically easier. I would I, probably the lattes for them because they could just pound them yeah. and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be anything. Did the um, the amount the amount of water they consume when they're like dunking their hot dogs is yeah. way more than fifteen psls worth of <laughs> worth of fluid. So they would definitely take the lattes. I love it, Kyle. I appreciate you hosting. Ooh. Oh, what do you got? What do you got? I have, uh, I have a breaking news some development. Fifteen apples is the max apples you should eat. Fifteen in life, fifteen or in one sitting. <laughs> um, if you have more than two apples a day, it can lead to some serious digestive troubles. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, dude, you're gonna shit your brains out. That's for sure. I dude, they they so... need to they need to update that adage, right? Instead of <laughs> an apple a day keeps the doctor away, it's like one no one apple and no more than one apple a day will keep the doctor away. Yeah, seriously. Sheesh. We got we got Didi saying she would try the 75 apples. I'm with you, Didi. Um, Kyle, appreciate you hosting this game. Would you rather? Let's answer some questions for the good people, though, out there in our next segment from the forum. Miss me on, on the PSLs, baby. Miss me on that. Let's get yeah, some from the good. forum. 
If you're up, stuck, think about what to do Here in between, we got advice for you Back and forth all day, trying to pick the play Let's hear what the boys here had to say Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network Yeah, guys, make sure you're checking out the Fantasy Football Advice Network at FantasyFootballAdvice.com. You can use our promo code IBT. Get yourself 25% off. And honestly, a month subscription over there to this new platform that is combining a lot of different apps like Patreon, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, and YouTube. And for that, you can get it for less than a price of a pumpkin spice latte a month. So use our promo code, get invested over there, because this is really where uh, creators, just avid fantasy football fans can help support each other. So check it out over there. It's, um, we're going to get to the first question of the night here. Um, would you all trade Dallas Goddard for Sam Laporta straight up? I, I don't think that I would. Um, look, Sam Laporta has gotten off to a fantastic start by, uh, not even rookie tight end standard, just tight end standards, you know, even doubly so when you consider the fact that he is a rookie, you know, this is, this is a pretty close comp for me in terms of rest of season. The, the thing that really pushes it over the edge is, is twofold. One, I think that this Philadelphia offense is going to do a bit more scoring than the Detroit one will. So the touchdown upside is incrementally higher with Dallas Goddard. But also, as of this week, or potentially this week at least, you have the return of Jamison Williams. You have another mouth to feed in that passing yep. game for the for the Lions. And I do think that will chip away a bit at Sam Laporta's yep. volume. So I'll, I'll go with the Goddard side by a hair. Okay. Yeah, man, it's getting tougher with Goddard, especially this is a new offensive coordinator, and I think that gets the nerves even a little bit more going. Was the tight end usage a Shane Steichen thing? Especially what we've seen out of Granson uh, and Ogletree and the boys over there as well. So, yeah, it, it's it's been crazy, but I think you have to hold on here. Um, I don't think I'm making the move for Laporta right now, um, but but it, it's getting close. I, I'd say it's neck and neck. It, if you like Laporta a little more, if you're a Lions fan, maybe go for it. Um, but I think you're selling very, very low on Dallas Goddard. I would agree. All right. Ne- Next question here. Smokey the Cat. What's up, guys? Traded Jalen Warren and Elijah Mitchell and uh, Joshua Palmer for Brees Hall, Charbonnet, and Najee Harris. Ooh, Okay. We, we got to break this one down a little bit at a time here, Eric. Um, I feel like I want Warren over Najee at this point. Is that crazy to say? No, that's that's defendable. He's he's getting the receptions. He has a higher floor. Najee's looked good the last couple of weeks, but I don't know how long that stays around. Um, Elijah Mitchell for Charbonnet, that's fine. I, I, I think you are getting the better end of it here. You're getting Brees Hall, who I think is the best player in this, so I'm cool with it. Your thoughts, Eric? Yeah, that's 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 how I would land on this too. Um, Brees is the player that I would want the the most in this transaction, unless I was a CMC manager. Then Mitchell would obviously have a bit more of a premium. E- even still, right? Like Brees is is going to be the best player out of out of these six. Um, and you're you know a, a lot of them are kind of you know either spare parts or speculative, but you're you're not you're not bottoming out your depth to do it, right? You're you're getting some you know good replacement level guys relative to the ones that, that are that you're sending out the door right so 
I, I would I'll go with the Brees side here pretty comfortably. Yeah, man, I do love Jalen Warren. He's so fun to watch compared to Najee Harris anymore. It's it's crazy. Um, but let's get to the main topic of the night here. It is Kyron Williams and what is he worth in a dynasty league? Is what our friend Texas Trojan two thousand four over at the Fantasy Football Advice Network wants to know. And man. It, Eric, I think Kyron Williams, when you look at what he's done this season, he is a potential league winner with where you got him in drafts or you picked him up after week one. Uh, How do you how do you value him dynasty wise, though? Because we've seen it with these day three running backs, man. Like, can we forget about guys like James Robinson, Tyler Algier, Miles Gaskin, who have had big seasons and then they get, you know, put to the side when someone with higher draft capital gets brought in. So is there staying power here for Kyron Williams beyond 2023? I know often we're pretty much a redraft show, so we pretty much talk mostly redraft. But from a dynasty lens here, what is the staying power and what is the value if you wanted to sell? Yeah, I, I think the staying power is is pretty limited, right? You know, even even with Kyron doing everything that the Rams could could ask of him and and more. In the the few games we've seen this season, they're they're still rumored to be making phone calls about Jonathan Taylor, right? So like, yeah, there's there's not exactly that huge vote of confidence from his current front office and coaching staff. And then you have all of the historical precedent that you mentioned before, right? Like these these low draft capital players very rarely get a lot of run, right? So I I think functionally speaking, you know, the likelihood that this is going to be back backfield and we're going to see a pretty comparable workload that we've seen so far for the duration of the year, right? Maybe that carries forward into next year, but I'm really looking at him with, you know, kind of a, a one and a half to two year window or perspectives. And so because of that, you know, my trade value on him would be relatively low. I'd probably be looking somewhere in like the kind of late second, early third kind of range. But I, I do think that you can probably sell him for more than that right like i wouldn't be surprised especially now that we're into uh kind of the second trimester of the season you know if if there are some teams that think they have a a win now opportunity you know kyron williams is someone that you might be able to to move out the door for a a pretty hefty price like maybe a late first early second you know maybe a you know a perspective piece or two um so it's it's one of those things where I, i think i think the market is a bit hotter on him than i am yeah, and I, I think you put it in great perspective. I think that's exactly what you could get for him. Maybe an early second rounder, maybe a late first rounder. You might have to give up maybe another ancillary piece with him to get that yeah. first rounder. But I think it's definitely possible. And I just worry that like we know who Kyron Williams is. He's never impressed me that much on tape. He looked pretty good here this past week, but a lot of his value is still coming from those touchdowns. And I think those are going to go away eventually just because Matthew Stafford is, has to have positive TD regression here. He has hit 300 yards three times this season through the air, only has three touchdowns. Cup is coming back. Matthew Stafford will score more touchdowns, and it's not going to be a bunch of Kyron William walk-ins all the time. And I just like can't get over what he did at the Combine and what his scores are, Eric. 10 percentile speed score, 21st percentile burst score, 40 yard dash of, of 4.645. Like 
I just don't think he's a great running back. And, and I think this is where you sell, you get off. If you don't need him, if you have other piece, pieces at that position, I'm fine with moving him for, for a, a late first, early second. Yeah, I mean, look, like based on you know what you spent to acquire him, you probably are not relying on him unless you suffered you know some catastrophic injuries For ahead sure. of him on your depth chart, right? So if if that's the case, you know, definitely look to look to move on from him. And if if nothing else, like he is this year's poster child of, I mean, arguably more important than anything in terms of fantasy is volume and opportunity, right? Like. This yeah. is this is like the definition of a spare kind of player by really every measurable statistic, but he's getting all of the work. And like you mentioned earlier, when they get in close, they're running the ball a lot, right? So like he's he's going to have value for as long as that's the case. And I, I think that is at minimum the duration of this year, maybe in the next. All right, badass. Let's go ahead. Let's round out the show with a little bit of in the scope and check out the waiver wire and some of these deeper targets as well. I have the targets in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. All right, in the scope. And we're going to start this off by talking about some of these mainstream options that we've been talking for a couple weeks now. And we basically create a list of waiver wire targets each and every week. And as they graduate, as they get above 50%, we take them off this list. Or if they're just no longer relevant players, we remove them as well. So we're constantly updating, tweaking this list. Um, let's start at the quarterback position. CJ Stroud, still only 30.7% rostered. If you have not picked him up yet, if he's available before, after waivers, go in, get you some CJ Stroud. Um, but let's go to the RB position where I think a lot of the topics are this uh, this week, Eric. Jaleel McLaughlin. Jaleel McLaughlin, can't even say his name, I apologize. Jaleel McLaughlin, uh, running yep. back to the Broncos, undrafted free agent, rostered in, in just about a half half a percent of leagues. Youngtown State guy, um, not too far from here in Pennsylvania, but has a great day here after J- uh, Javante Williams goes down with a hit pointer, 7 for 72, 3 for 31 in the air, one touchdown, scored earlier this year as well. In addition to this this day, how do you feel about it? Sean Payton, he loves these explosive backs. Are you investing fab? And if so, how much money? Yeah, I mean, look, he's he's absolutely worth an ad because like we just detailed with Kyron Williams, he's going to be on the field and that has value. You know, he he put up he put up some pretty gaudy numbers in this first regular season appearance. He was also one of those kind of preseason darlings that ended up on some people's radar. The the thing that would give me pause and at least prevent me from you know just completely unloading my fab budget on him is going back and watching that that game very early on when he when he was in the rotation with Samad JP Ryan after Javante went out he actually blew his pass pro his pass pro coverage on two different plays in relatively short order and from that point going forward when he was in the backfield he was strictly running and when he was catching a pass he was lined up in the slot he was lined up out wide right and, you know, pass protection is the thing that usually takes rookie running backs the longest to get a handle of. But yes. immediately coming in and leaving Russell Wilson out out to dry one one time to be sacked, one time forcing him to throw it away. Like, I, I think his I think his workload is is going to be limited to the point where, look, if if him being on the field in the backfield becomes a tell that they're going to run the ball, he's not going to be in the backfield as much. Right. Like 
it's it feels like it's a lazy comp because they played for the same team and they both had you know very low to no draft capital to acquire him. It kind of feels like the Philip Lindsay story all over again. A guy that is shifty, he's good in space, he can get yeah. those explosive plays that everyone likes to see on the highlight reels. But if if the defense has an advantage when he's on the field, like his his snap share is going to be limited. So you know he goes from completely off the radar to being kind of a speculative piece, but I'm I'm not looking to you know to to go full barrel in acquiring McLaughlin at this point. Would someone who's desperate for a running back, let's say your boy right here, um, would it be unwise of me to spend twenty plus percent of my fab uh, on Julio here? I mean, that's probably the high end, right? Um, you know, if, if you're completely bottomed out at the position, then I, I think you can justify it because you you need bodies, right? Um, yeah. But you know, if if I have if I have any other viable options, right? Even some of um, you know some of the names that we might you know see on the on the waiver wire next to him, I would I would consider you know going kind of the um, the zag route and spend yeah. spend more miserly on you know a a, a less popular option because you know Jaleel is is going to be easily the most added player by this time tomorrow, right? So yep. you're you're gonna have to spend up to get him. Yep, Chuba Hubbard, he's the other hot name right now. Miles Sanders dealing with that groin injury once again. Ty J Spears, we've been talking about him for a couple months now. Ezekiel Elliott, right under 50% rostered. I I almost debated whether we should take Zeke off if he's going to be fantasy relevant or not. Matt Breida, same deal. Uh, he, he's been valiant in his time, was the leading receiver for, for the Giants here in week number four. Uh, but we do have Saquon Barkley right around the corner as well. Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, two other guys who like they should be rostered, but do they have a lot of upside? I don't know. Um, out of these other running backs here, I imagine Chuba is your favorite, Eric. Uh, in the circumstance that that you laid out, where you need to plug someone in as soon as this week, yeah, it would it would be Chuba Hubbard. Um, in terms of you know my preferred option as a speculative ad, it's it's Tajay Spears. Um, you know, we we haven't seen anybody compete with Derrick Henry in terms of uh, you know opportunity share and number of snaps uh, really at any point in in recent memory yeah. to the extent that Ajay Spears is. And you know, when he gets the ball in his hands, he he looks dynamic, right? So like he he potentially has like some kind of fringy, more talented Jalen Warren standalone value. But as we've talked about now for five straight weeks. You know, every single week it seems like another running back is going down. So if that if that bell tolls for for King Henry, now all of a sudden you got Tajay Spears for pennies Ooh. on the dollar of what it would cost to acquire him if you know if that that injury in front of him were to happen. So you know, I, I like I like having these these high upside stashes on my bench. And it, Tajay Spears is not on the waiver wire in any league that I'm in um, yeah. because he is happily sitting on my roster. Yeah, God forbid if something were to happen to Henry, like. People are spending their entire fab on, on Spears. So, so just be aware Fun that question, he, sh- yeah. he should be rostered. Let's get to the wide receivers here on the waiver wire, the mainstream. Romeo Dobbs, we've been shouting his name for weeks and weeks, Eric. Um, you believe he might be the wide receiver one for the Packers moving forward. I'll just say I had a trade almost getting Romeo Dobbs today lined up, and it slipped through, through the cr- it slipped through the cracks. So oh. I'm not going to get him. The owner this morning, I'm getting text this morning, last night. Hey, like let's let's make a deal, and you know I got him from JSN to Dobbs, and I couldn't. I I, I 
he wouldn't do it. So a little bit of a bummer. Um, Joshua Palmer, he's going to be on his bye, but if you can roster someone through their bye, consider it. Jameson Williams, old JMO baby. He's back in the in the thick of it for the Detroit Lions, 16.3% rostered. And then, Eric, you wanted to chat about Michael Wilson. I know you almost wanted to use him as an in-the-scope candidate, um, but I, I think he will be added here as, as waivers run here Tuesday night. Your thoughts on Michael Wilson and is there staying power here in Arizona, which they've been a delightful surprise. Let's be honest. They've been delightful. They've been fun to watch. Like like Joshua Dobbs is out there running around a little bit, slinging it down the field to, to Michael Wilson in Hollywood. I've had a lot of fun watching the Cardinals, which I did not think I would ever say that again this season. Yeah, the, the Cardinals overall have, have been a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, Dobbs don't look now. I mean, he's, He's obviously not going to be the most, you know, prolific passer in the league by a long shot. But a, a lot of a lot of his efficiency metrics have, you know, have settled into a spot that is, you know, higher than most anyone reasonably would have projected, right? So, you know, I, I think this offense isn't, um, you know, as as laughable as as most people thought. And and Michael Wilson was, you know, one of my favorite, you know, deep rookie stashes to hold on to throughout the the Agreed. course of the summer because Agreed. he. He's he is the one thing that is not like the others, right? Like if you look at this receiving core for Arizona, they're all like five eight and five nine. <laughs> yeah. Michael Wal- Michael Wilson comes in six one, two hundred and sixteen pounds. Like he's that big body. He's got that good size speed combo. You know, in the early weeks of tape, you're seeing all the things that you want to see out of a a rookie rookie wide receiver, right? Someone that is you know uh, diverse in their route tree, reliable hands, but also he's doing the grunt work. Like he's going out there. He's blocking, right? Like everything that that should predicate more playing time. He's checking all those boxes. Obviously, had the ceiling game this week with the two scores. So you know everyone is going to rush out and and add him. But you know even even though he might not see two touchdowns again at any point this season, yeah. I do yeah. think that he's going to see plenty of time on the field. Okay, and then at the tight end position, Jake Ferguson. Guys, we've been fucking talking about Jake Ferguson all season long. I love Jake Ferguson, talented second-year tight end out of Wisconsin. But I'm tired of talking about him. Go pick him up. He should be over 50% rostered right now. He's tight end eight on the season. He's probably going to be a top 10 tight end rest of season for me. Um, I, I think Jake Ferguson holds a lot of value. This is how much I like Jake Ferguson, Eric. I am rostering him in a 12-man PPR league. Uh, kind of deeper bench, maybe seven or eight bench slots, but I- I'm rostering him with Travis Kelsey because I know someone like that's the guy I was trying to trade Romeo Dobbs for today. Like, I, like I, I, he has value out there. Like he has real value. People out there who have Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard, they don't want to play those guys. They would rather play Fergo. So uh, pick up Ferguson. He's going to have value, whether that's for you or someone else. I, I think I think for someone else is probably the the better way to put this. Um, look, he's he's had a fantastic start to the season. There's there's no two ways about that. But all of this, he's getting it done where he's barely running fifty percent of routes, uh, or rather, he has barely a fifty percent. Yeah, route old participation June makers rate, out right? there. Yeah. So like, look, if if he's producing at this level and he's on the field about half the time, like, you know, these these touchdowns, these long plays, they're they're going to regress. So. You know, if there is a frustrated Kyle Pitts manager, spoiler alert, every Kyle Pitts manager is frustrated. <laughs> yeah. You you can probably package up a Fergo and, and get a nice piece back, right? And I, you know, I, I do think he'll be kind of on that fringe tight end one radar for, you know, the, the majority of the season. But 
the the first four weeks is probably closer to his ceiling than um, than we'll see for the duration. Yeah, I wish they would just stop playing Shoemaker and Hendershot as much. Hendershot was out here in week four, so we did see more of mm. Shoemaker. But the guy has no hands. The guy has brick hands. And I know Jake Ferguson wasn't great in week one, but he has had steady hands since then. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like Ferguson, but I am willing to sell him. Um, it, hey, Jack, if you're out there listening to the show tonight, man, but let's get a deal done, buddy. Let's get a deal done. On, I can really use some, some dobs. Um, let's talk in the scope candidates. These are our gems. These are the ones you can get after waivers run most likely or with a zero fab, a one fab bid. Um, so Eric, I want to throw it to you, man. Who is someone that you are going after your sneaky little stash here, uh, or your sneaky little snipe here in uh, week number five? Yeah. So I am a big proponent of playing time and opportunity dictating fantasy value. And one player that I think is not getting the attention that he deserves is, is Wandale Robinson. We saw him return in week three from a prolonged absence. That was his first time playing since the midpoint of last year and was kind of eased in. He ran around on 25% of dropbacks and saw a handful of targets, didn't exactly um, you know jump off the page, showed a little bit of shiftiness and, and burst when he had the ball in his hands, but wasn't exactly a huge outing. But then fast forward to last night, and while the Giants were getting absolutely boat raced, yeah. all of a sudden Wondell Robinson, I mean, he was he was running around on 65% of passing plays, right? Like completely, you know, took the you know, took the the governor off of him, he actually led all Giants in targets last night. Um, you know, he got a carry out of the backfield on the opening sequence. You know, it again, it wasn't, you know, a a, a gaudy performance in terms of his productivity, five receptions for, you know, for 40 yards. But I, I do think we're going to see him, you know, on the field incrementally more as we get into next week and weeks to come. And I, I do think that he's going to be, you know, the the preferred option among Giants wide receivers before long. And the good news is that, you know, the, the headlines are about, you know, these guys that, you know, got into the end zone or yeah. just in general about the, about the, the giants being a laughing stock. Right. So, you know, no one's going to go out and, and break the bank to get Wandell Robinson. You can, you can get him on the cheap and then, you know, watch him develop on your, on your bench and have a nice piece when you're navigating the buys. Miami this week. Like, like I think you could fire up Wandale Robinson actually as soon as this week, I think it's a great call, Eric. And we saw a pretty big shift, actually, in this Giants receiving core on Monday night as they're getting their asses mm-hmm. kicked. It is no longer Isaiah Hodgins in the X. It's looked like that is Darius Slayton now going to be operating out of the X. And then we saw Wandale play a little bit of that flanker role, a little bit of in the slot as well. Um, so I think he's going to go back and forth from those two positions. And then was Jalen Hyatt out there third as well. So, like... We're not seeing Paris Campbell much. Hodgins, I don't know what he did to lose this job. I just don't think he was targeted as much. I still think he should be the X in the, in this offense. But um, like Wandale Robinson, I, I think I said last week actually on the program that I'm done with Giants wide receivers um, outside of Darren Waller. I think I'm wrong. I think I was wrong. I, 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 I like Wandale Robinson a lot. My apologies. That was bad advice last week. I, I, thought, I thought you were going to double back and say you were wrong. You're also out on Darren Waller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking I, I, speaking of of managers with a tight end situation, they're frustrated about Darren Waller. Another one to go out yeah. and target. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. 
Um, all right. I want to go to my in the scope candidate and it is a tight end. It, it's someone who, Hey, you might have that Waller. You might have that Dallas guard. You might have some Kyle stinky pits on your team right now and you need a play. Um, so I'm going to go with Logan Thomas, tight end, Washington commanders, 7.8% rostered here. And, uh, listen, how Eric B is running this offense is kind of like beyond me. I, I don't really get it. Um, he's trying to do exactly what he did in Kansas city almost, but with a totally different personnel group when he has all this talent on the outside and Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, he is targeting the tight end a shit ton. Um, right now they are the sixth highest in target distribution to the position in the NFL. 25% of Washington targets are going to this position. Um, and that makes Logan Thomas pretty valuable. 10th highest in target rate this season, averaging just about 4.7 targets per game. So right under like five targets is kind of what you want at least for a tight end. He's just under that, but I think that's going to continue to grow here, Eric, because he's been damn efficient quarterback rating of 102.5 per target 11th best among tight ends like sam howe is doing well when targeting him 0.8.38 fantasy points per target run that's ninth he's been efficient i i think he'll continue to get the targets here i don't think logan thomas in his career at this point is the most special tight end but you need touchdowns you need one touchdown a week uh to to be a top 12 tight end this season i think logan thomas at least half the weeks could pull down a, a touchdown and he's getting five targets almost. So um, hopefully that continues to grow. He's not a world beater, but I think he's serviceable. Yeah. Serviceable is a good way to put it. Right. And the the thing that I think is, is most promising for Logan Thomas, he missed week three after getting nearly decapitated yep. by Ooh. Jackson in that, that game against the Broncos. Um, and so of course, John Bates and Cole Turner, were you know kind of jockeying for um, you know first chair uh, opportunity with with Logan Thomas out, but when he returned in week four, he immediately took that job back. Right, you know, yeah. uh, thirteen and ten percent route participation for Bates and Cole Turner respectively last week, whereas Logan Thomas was up over seventy five percent. Right, so you know any concern that you know one of these you know young or kind of unknown guys might have shown enough in week three to get more run has has been quelled. Right, like. When Logan, Logan Thomas is out there, he is going to be the primary option. And, you know, while while his ceiling is is not going to be, you know, anywhere near as high as, you know, the guys towards the top of this position, if he's out there, if he's seeing targets, if he's getting red zone or even end zone looks, he's, he's going to be on the cusp of that tight end one line. Four plus matchups in a row for him as well. Chicago, Atlanta, New York Giants and Philadelphia here. I think that's a good run. I think you could start him as early as week number five here. If you have a tight end on a buy, if you're still struggling at that position, um, Chicago, I, I, I love that matchup. Uh, I, I think I'm confident enough. Like I'm either going to even going to throw a little coin down, uh, maybe about a quarter of a unit here on uh, an anytime touchdown, a little Thursday night action, get, get, get it wet for the weekend. You know, just, just get, get my hand in there a little bit. Hey, yo, dude, not, not mad at that at all. I, <laughs> I specifically use Thursday night football to just just lay all of my weird action down, right? Like <laughs> something that I'm not going to do when I'm heading into a full slate and I've had time to really think through things, right? It's just what would be fun to to root for. That's that's where I'm going to lay my wager on Thursday. 
Test the waters, baby. Test the waters. Well, Eric, I can't thank you enough for being here, man. And in addition to us over here at IBT, I know you're doing a lot in the industry in general. You're with Dr. Roto. You're doing your Pros with Joe's Charity League as well, which I scored about 58 points this week. I don't know what happened. Bad bad week for the kid. I, I apologize. Took Khalil Herbert out of the lineup Sunday morning. Not great, not a great look, but you're doing a lot oh. in the fantasy football space, but also the college basketball space. Tell us a little bit what do you have going on over there because I know the season's afoot, man. It's coming quick. Yeah, college basketball tips off in like 35 or 38 days. 35. Uh, Green Screens Media is the outlet where I cover college basketball, um, and we haven't stopped. We've been uh, talking to reporters, to coaches, uh, to insiders all throughout the offseason. We've been talking transfer portal. We are now in the throes of our conference previews. We just did the AAC, the WCC, and the Mountain West over the last few days. This Thursday, we're going to do the Pac-12 or two and a half or however many teams are in this conference. So we're we're definitely getting into the high majors, breaking down all of the incoming players, all of the conference realignment fallout, all of the new coaches and how you know how their their systems are going to impact um, betting, DFS, uh, futures markets, right? So anything that you might want to know about college basketball, we've got you covered at Green Screens Media. While you're here on YouTube, just throw that in the search on a new tab. You'll see last night's show. You'll see the stub for what we're doing coming up. You'll see some of our shorts. It's all there. It's Green Screens Media. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Well, Eric, I appreciate that, man. Um, I'm looking forward to the college basketball season and following you guys over there. Kyle, I appreciate you in the back end holding it down for us, and I appreciate everyone in the chat tonight. Uh, Thank you guys for making IBT such a special place over here. Um, But everyone, have a great week number five. Week number five already. Have a great week number five, the beginning of it. Eric and I will be back on Friday to take your guys' questions and uh, talk a little short things, sleepers of the week as well. So until then, guys, you know what to do. Keep it in between. (laughs) 